Through the week, from Sunday to Friday evening, Jews journey from secular to sacred, from profane to profound, from mundane to magical. Thus, the joining of Isaiah's eschatological words and the Havdalah candle have a sublime significance. Welcome to Bible 365, episode 126, Isaiah and the End of Sabbath. I am Mayor Soloveitchik. One of the most sublime symbols in Jewish ritual is the candle of the Havdalah, joining the blessings marking the end of the Sabbath. These blessings are set over wine, over sweet-smelling spices, and over a special candle lit for the occasion. As inspiring as the ritual is today, nevertheless, I cannot help but feel that it has lost some of the power that it once had. For before the age of electricity, with the passing of Shabbat, true darkness descended. And for many Jews, that visual darkness embodied the political persecution that they were about to experience in the week ahead, from which the Sabbath peace had hopefully provided a very brief respite. Suddenly, in the darkness, defying the depression and doom, a Havdalah candle, which is essentially a torch, is lit, and its luminance dispelled the gloom around them. The best depiction that I know of this moment has been given to us by the German-Jewish artist Moritz Daniel Oppenheim in a painting that he created for his scenes of Jewish family life. It is this moment that Oppenheim gives us, with the father of a family holding a cup of wine aloft in his hand. And, at that moment, in many Jewish liturgical traditions, the following verses are said, Behold, God is my salvation, I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. Therefore with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. These are the words of Isaiah from the passage that we will study today. But it is their placement by many in Havdalah that has made these words truly famous. And yet, when we study these words in their larger context, we realize how superficially strange it is that we greet the weak with these sentences from Isaiah's prophecy. But in truth, further understanding will lead us to the conclusion that their citation indicates how the Sabbath truly inspired the Jewish people and how it gave them hope to bear and even embrace the weak yet to come. When we last left off, Isaiah had given us a vision of the Messianic age in which peace reigns on earth and the wolf lies with the lamb. His prophetic description continues with the Jewish return, love between the children of Israel, defeat of Israel's enemies, and the end of fear itself. Chapter 10, verse 11. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria and from Egypt and from Pathros and from Cush and from Elam and from Shinar and from Hamath and from the islands of the sea. And he shall set up an ensign for the nations and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. The envy also of Ephraim shall depart, and the adversaries of Judah shall be cut off. Ephraim shall not envy Judah, and Judah shall not vex Ephraim. But they shall fly upon the shoulders of the Philistines toward the west. They shall spoil them of the east together. They shall lay their hand upon Edom and Moab, and the children of Ammon shall obey them. And the Lord shall utterly destroy the tongue of the Egyptian sea, and with his mighty wind shall he shake his hand over the river, and shall smite it in the seven streams and make men go over dry shod. And there shall be a highway for the remnant of his people which shall be left from Assyria, like as it was to Israel in the day that he came up out of the land of Egypt. And in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Thou, though wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore with joy 
shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. These last two verses, beginning, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. These are the verses, beginning, for many Jews, the farewell to the Sabbath. But our study of Isaiah allows us to understand why, at first blush, this is strange. Isaiah appears to be telling us that these are the words that we will say in a redeemed world. He says, In that day thou shalt say, meaning, apparently, after the arrival of the Messiah, in the eschatological age. But in Havdalah, the situation is the exact opposite. Jews say these words as the Sabbath dissipates, as they prepare to enter an unredeemed world. In order to address this, let us return to Oppenheim's painting, his depiction of the Havdalah bringing Shabbat to a close. We have to understand the balance, the striking arrangement that the artist gives us here, featuring two sources of light. On the left side of the painting is the Sabbath lamp that many Jews in Europe used, called the Judenstern, featuring many wicks. The lamp was lit before the Sabbath and burnt throughout. It is, in other words, the symbol of the luminance of the Sabbath itself. Now, at this point, in the midst of the darkness, we see that the Sabbath lamp only has two flames still burning. These two flames are separate from one another. As a contrast, on the right side, the candle of Havdalah is held aloft, and it, as Jewish law recommends, is made of wicks that are intertwined. It is an avukah, which is Hebrew for torch, the ideal source of light for the post-Sabbath blessing. Behind the candle, shrouded in darkness but drawing hope from the light, we see mother and daughter who are themselves intertwined. Nachmanides has noted that the Hebrew word for avukah, torch, is linked to the word chibuk, hug. In an avukah, torch, the wicks are intertwined. In an embrace, we are intertwined. In this painting, mother and daughter, in a link of love, have themselves become, as it were, a candle of havdalah, of two souls merged. If the wicks of the Shabbat lamp are not joined, but those of the havdalah are, it is perhaps precisely because, during the six profane days of the week, as Jews entered a world of pain and suffering and striving, it was their union with each other that brought light to their world. But there is more. Oppenheim does establish a contrast, but also perhaps a connection, between these two sources of luminance, a parallel between the two sides of the canvas. If the artist has left in the Sabbath lamp two flames lit on the left, as the Havdalah candle burns brightly on the right, it is perhaps because we are meant to understand that one flame spiritually fuels the other. The lights of the Sabbath lamp on the left find their spiritual successor in the intertwined souls on the right. The light of the Sabbath will fuel these individuals' faith and sustain their spirit in the weekday, workaday world, a world that was not all that welcoming for Jews. What this means is that with the proper perspective, long after the light of the Sabbath has physically dimmed, its light is still with us all. The experience of the Sabbath gives Jews the hope to face the week ahead. Here, then, I think, is the answer as to why Isaiah's messianic words are recited over the Havdalah. Jewish tradition sees the Sabbath its sanctity and peace as a foretaste of a world redeemed. In the words of David Galernter, quote, The Sabbath, say the rabbis, is a foretaste of Olam Haba, the world to come. Jews rush out like surging water through the forced open gap in time to live for a moment in a paradise outside the walls of the universe. The historian Yosef Yerushalmi writes that the Sabbath came to be experienced as a day beyond the bounds of historical time and eventually even as a weekly anticipation of the end of time, end quote. Through the week, from Sunday to Friday evening, Jews journey from secular to sacred, from profane to profound, from mundane to magical. Thus, the joining of Isaiah's eschatological words and the Havdalah candle have a sublime significance. In describing the origin of fire and why a special blessing is said over a flame after Shabbat concludes, the Talmud tells us that all this is linked to what occurred after the sin of Adam and Eve. 
their expulsion from Eden left them in a dark and unredeemed world. But, the Talmud adds, on Saturday night, after Shabbat, in a great act of love, God took two stones and instructed Adam and Eve in the art of creating fire. This, as I recently noted in commentary, provides a striking contrast from the Greek story, where Prometheus steals fire from the gods and is tortured in punishment. Whereas the Greeks saw in fire the story of a rebellion against the divine and a world where the power of unjust gods prevails. In contrast, fire for Jews epitomizes the birth of hope after leaving Eden and entering an unredeemed world. It reflects the assurance to humanity that the God that mankind encountered in Eden will still be with mankind outside Eden. And it is in commemoration of this moment that Jews light a special candle every end of Shabbat. This, then, is the meaning of the recitation of the verses from the prophet. Jews, having experienced over the Sabbath a taste of Eden, of a world redeemed, can proclaim Isaiah's words about the redemption because they believe that this redemption will come. And they believe it will come because they have had a foretaste of that redemption in the Sabbath that has passed. That is why they can with joy recite the verses of Isaiah that the prophet assures us will one day be recited by all the world. Behold, is the God of my salvation. I will trust and have no fear. This episode of Bible 365 is being released on the last day of Hanukkah, and it is therefore fitting that we discuss the Jewish approach to light on this day. During this holiday, on the internet, a photo was once again made famous of a Hanukkiah, a menorah, posed in the window of a Jewish home in Germany in 1932, facing outside an enormous banner bearing a swastika. This is a photo from the home of Rabbi Akiva Posen, spiritual leader of a Jewish community. And it was taken by his wife, Rachel Posner, who realized the jarring juxtaposition in the scene. As reported by the Yad Vashem website, the grandson of the Posens, reflecting decades later about the image, tells us the following, quote, It was on a Friday afternoon right before Shabbat that this photo was taken. My grandmother realized that this was a historic photo, and she wrote on the back of the photo, that their flag wishes to see the death of Judah, but Judah will always survive, and our light will outlast their flag. My grandfather, the rabbi of the Kiel community, was making many speeches, both to Jews and Germans. To the Germans, he warned that the road they were embarking on was not good for Jews or Germans. And to the Jews, he warned that something terrible was brewing, and they would do well to leave Germany. My grandfather fled Germany in 1933 and moved to Israel. His community came to the train station to see him off, and before departing, he urged his people to flee Germany while there's still time. End quote. According to the website and other sources, Posner's speech saved the lives of many members of his community, and the symbolism in the photo is indeed sublime. The menorah, the object bearing the Jewish flame, outlasts the swastika. To this day, one can turn over the photograph and see the words that Rachel Posen wrote upon it, a prediction she inscribed in 1932. And perhaps, perhaps, it was the Sabbath that was descending that also added some inspiration to her as she wrote these incredible words. Here in translation is what she wrote. Hanukkah 5, 6, 9, 2, 1932. Death to Judah, so the flag says. Judah will live forever, so the light answers. To put it slightly differently, what Rachel Posen wrote was, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. May this Hanukkah inspire our own hope as we enter a week beyond the Festival of Lights. And may Isaiah's words that many of us just recently and reverently pronounced inspire us in the week to come. This is Mayor Soloveitchik. Looking forward to learning together tomorrow. Signing off.